Hi, and thank you for tuning in to Compound Performance Radio. We're your hosts, Matt Domney and Kyle Dobbs. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. So Liver King, Samaj. Yeah, so it memes, hard. Liver King so, in the fitness industry. Let's go. Nothing. I, don't, I haven't looked into the guy enough, but at least in fitness, I think people can agree on. You should, you should probably lift weights. You, you probably should do things to move the needle from unfit to fit. Whatever. You would say that, but there's whole subsets of the industry that believe that no strength training should occur. It's, and that it's actually detrimental to somebody's health. Yes. Even in a subjective so, manner. So notice yes. I, didn't say, I didn't say strength training, right? And, I, and I, we can dive down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> movement in general from whatever you define unfit to fit is, is at least I think agreed on yes. in most cases, even if it's not like accurate to what fitness is. Yeah. I don't know, man. How's your gait? Is your gait perfect? <laughs> yeah, if it's you not perfect, not, we, you, you don't have the right to walk. be ready so those, to walk. Are those like, guys yeah. even in fitness? Are they in fitness? I don't I know. Don't, like, yes. I, they think they say else. they are. They, they <laughs> bought the, listen, you, just because you bought the Letterman jacket doesn't mean you made varsity, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't mean you made the team. Dude, that's that is the that is going to be the title of the post. Like it doesn't it doesn't mean you're playing the game. Oh, it's that's awesome. I think even a better a better example of that would be like, hey, I brought I bought I went to the store and bought a LeBron jersey. That doesn't mean I play for the Lakers. Dude, right? I'm like, actually yeah. the greatest basketball player of all time because I yeah. have this jersey. <laughs> Dude, buy the worst, buy the worst jersey of all time. You didn't even make the team. You are, you, you're not on the team, bro. You got you cut in middle school. You got cut like, off the middle school B team. Like, like, oh, that brought there. a tear to my eye. The practice team cut you. The practice team yes. said, don't show up tomorrow. Just, you're good. We're okay with it. We'd rather play four on five. It's totally fine. We're good without you. <laughs> So, Just because you bought the jersey doesn't mean you're on the team. With that's Samaj. the title. That is that's going the to title. Be the actual title. And I, I think we could just end this podcast eight minutes in because we peaked. It's done. Oh like, where else God. are we going to go from it, here? Where does it go from here? Right. For all the listeners, this is it. Like this is this actually is how how the podcast is going to go. It's downhill from this point on. Um, okay, but he let's did start off let's with, the, with the Liver King. Okay, he yes. did, but let's, let's introduce Samaj really quick. So everybody, thank you for joining us today. Um, as you can tell, we were talking a little bit beforehand, and Kyle did what he normally does and just hit randomly hits record. Um, he did warn us at least this time. Before, yeah. he has just recorded without <laughs> warning us, um, which has always been great. It was a good uh, combo. But today we have, it, was it was a good combo. Today with us, we have Samaj Hunter. So Samaj, thank you for joining us from wherever. It, I mean, you look like you're in a concrete box somewhere. Um, you may be in a bunker. Are you in a bunker? Uns- <laughs> it looks like you are in a bunker. Undisclosed location. <laughs> Samaj I is my a five minutes traveler. of sunlight. <laughs> yeah. Samaj actually does, like, he took, he, the, when I first uh, got introduced to Samaj, I think it was right after you got married when you took a year off of work and just traveled the world. So, like, that's literally not even a joke. Is like, he could actually be in a bunker somewhere in, like, Tahiti or something like that. I have no idea. Um, so, Samaj, thank you very much for joining us today, and we're very excited to have you on. Dude, I love you guys. So I'm glad you guys had me. <laughs> Can you? So I always enjoy talking to you because you have such a just a different story in a unique perspective, I think. And that's something that, you know, we've we've known each other uh 
through Zoom for and, and the internet. I, you know, for, I've met him in person for almost <laughs> for almost three years. Probably is that about yeah. the point we're at now? So and it just literally happened with a random phone call. Where yeah, <laughs> Samaj DM'd me, and I was like, you know what? Let's just hop on a call. Uh, and, and it ended up being just a fantastic conversation and, and something we've kind of continued the conversation for, for a while now. And, um, you've done so much since that point that it's actually astounding to kind of look back on from my, from the outside looking in, I think. And, you know, so I think, um, Matt gave the short description. Um, but if you want to give us like the, the listeners, like the longer version, um, and then we can just like talk about all the stuff um that's going on there's a lot to talk about man <laughs> yeah sure um so the the longish shortish description of me um i'm a strength and conditioning coach a nutritional coach based currently in queretaro mexico um for those who don't know it's about three hours north of mexico city uh grew up in the northeast in the usa um bridgeport connecticut spent some time i went in- to college bro did you? Yeah. Are you serious? I didn't yeah. know this. <laughs> the, the web we weave. Just wow. <laughs> like, actually, 100%. I, I went to the University of Bridgeport. That's where I went to school. Wow. I'm yeah. sure we like crossed paths at some point. And I Most was like, definitely did. <laughs> cross the street, <laughs> turn left. Who's this guy? Most definitely did. <laughs> um, but yeah, grew up, grew up there and, and then moved up to Boston for a period of time. When I met you guys, I had actually spent some time living in Virginia. And that's kind of when this whole journey started of trying to kind of create a remote life uh, where I could just help people from anywhere, creating a bit more freedom and using nutrition, fitness, health as a means to actually create more life than restrict the life that I had. You know, the life of a trainer can easily be like a, a 12 to 16 hour day um, in a box <laughs> and not really experiencing the world around you. So trying to get out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's awesome. You know, I, I yeah. think you, you did one of those things that like, it's kind of everybody's dream, but very few people absolutely either have the opportunity or, or frankly, the will and the balls to kind of go through the process of just saying like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go travel and see the world. And, you know, you were training people remotely during that time and you're able to kind of continue your business. And, um, you know, it's almost like you you were kind of like living the life that like the, the quote unquote influencers like say they're living, but you were actually like doing it, but you, you know? did it. Yeah. <laughs> you actually did it. And, and I think it's just amazing to see from the outside in and, um, just, your ability to kind of be flexible with, with what's going on is something that I definitely um, admire just about you as a person, right? Where you're just like, you're not static, you're not stuck, like you're willing to take chances and go do things. And, and I think that's rare, you know, for not just the industry, but just for people, you know, for, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I, I really believe, like I think change is hard. Change is super difficult. But I think change is also a skill and it's something that we practice. So, I mean, I look for those opportunities. I like, I like finding those things that are, that are super challenging, having those conversations that aren't necessarily the easiest. Um, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that's kind of helped me in this industry. 
Because I think we, even social media kind of creates these personas of people. Like people become giants in their own regard. Um, you know, whether you have like 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, 30,000, some people with a thousand like think that, you know, they're, they own the world. Um, but at the same time, we're all just people. Like we're all trying to, to move the needle. We're all trying to make changes, whether it's in our own lives and everyone else or, you know, other people's. So it's, it's, it's been a journey. It's been, it's been super cool. And I've definitely been fortunate to, to be able to do what I'm doing. Okay. Back to the shit talk. Cause that is super cool, but we were on a good rant before. So the oh, liver was... King. All right. So how did you wind up in a Mexican jail? That's Dude. a good question. Um, Cause so, this is what I'm and how, right why did now. they give you a laptop? Did you just say like, guys, listen, I know I'm in prison, but I have a podcast. So my Dude. one phone call I want to this... use for compound performance radio. This isn't America. Come on, man. <laughs> we're, not, we're not barbarians over here. <laughs> I have a jacuzzi, like get out. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so Liver King, Liver King was, uh, was, was, super, was a super interesting thing to come across. Kind of what I was saying was that at least in training, at least in fitness, um, people are, are moving the needle in a, are we still here? We're still good. Yes. Oh okay, yeah. Cool. Oh, Matt, he, Matt froze. Matt, Matt's just <laughs> frozen, which is okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, we're, you know, people are moving the needle from one direction to another. You would think that in nutrition, people would agree that you need to eat, like eat food. Food would be a good thing to like consume on a regular basis for life and for health. Um, people are at the point like criminalizing just about everything. Carbs are bad. Um, drinking cold water is bad. Eating protein mixed with like certain other foods are not good. Artificial sweeteners, I'm like ridiculous. Like how are we still having that conversation when there's multiple meta-analyses out on the fact that artificial sweeteners don't have any issues? Um, but people are still disagreeing on things that science has concluded in the best way that science can and that it's I mean, fine we're we're still quoting like rat studies from the 80s i'm pretty sure when it comes that that again we're like two thousand percent like what the day like what the recommended like dosage would be at that point right it's right just, right it's insane yeah so i mean recently i was introduced to um to a character by the name of liver king who has a bunch of different pillars, but essentially kind of banks on this idea that eating raw meat, um, only raw meat, very few vegetables, um, a lot, a good amount of fat, and essentially living off of the land is the way to go. And it's the only way to go. And it's how you get, you know, jacked. It's how you live this life of fulfillment. It's how you do this thing. It's almost like paleo, paleo, like paleo square. Like yeah. if we took paleolithic man and we said, you don't even have fire. What, what do you now do? He is, you know, ascribing a lifestyle of that. We're, we're devolving you millions oh, of years at this point. Right. Totally. Like it, it, that whole thing just amazes me too. Cause it, it's, I mean, on again it's like we have like you said we've got the ketos we've got we got ketos we got vegans we got carnivore diets and now we have raw meat diets or, or whatever this is and it's just it just keeps getting more and more extreme and exclusive right yeah. over time we and do have breathitarians too don't forget about the breathitarians 
Matt, Matt out of left field. Uh, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole large group of people called the breathitarian movement that decide that they don't think eating is good is, at all. Is so they just right. don't. Yeah, no. there's no food involved whatsoever. Like we're we're at the point where we've well, cut without, out so I mean, much. That's not going to take very long to. I mean, that's like a self-selecting curve right there, right? Where yeah. they just if you believe that, you just like die. Like is I mean, they're going to lose a ton that? of weight first, though. They're going to be lean <laughs> as hell. They're going to be skinny. They're going to be shredded. Dead people. <laughs> Amazing. It's just we're going to atrophy until we're basically creating a black hole. If you look it up on ourselves. Wikipedia, the first the first line of it is, it is a deadly suicide, pseudo, uh, pseudoscience with several adherents of these practices have, uh, who have died from starvation and dehydration. Uh, it is a well-established fact that humans require both food and water, quote unquote, nutrients to survive. <laughs> Imagine starving to death or, di- or dying of dehydration, living in like, and again, I'm assuming these are like first world people, right? Yes, 100%. That are 100% living with access of all of these things. Uh, it's almost like the definite, this is like one of the, the most extreme examples of like privilege I've ever seen where people are, are living in like, nor- like in America and like, you know what? I know I've got a sink right here. And I've got actually a breathitarian any Kyle? food that I want. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to abstain from all of it. And I'm just going to, I'm going to rely on air for my nutrients. Yeah. Now, please I mean, check your privilege. This is my journey and I'm a breathitarian now. Mm-hmm. I feel very persecuted for you even saying anything negative about me. Just, Matt, just write me into the will, bro. <laughs> I'm going to support you in everything if that's the case. Dude, I mean, in one part of the world, you know, people are calling it starvation. And in another part, it's like a life choice. It's, yeah. a, life- <laughs> it's a lifestyle, guys. <laughs> like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So that's where, I mean, it sounds like that's where every aspect of the fitness field is like moving to, at least like it's expanding to, where there are people who like- Triggered, and- don't use that word. What, which word? Expanding. Oh, Expansion. <laughs> There was a good pun there. I mean, that was honestly, that was, that was, that was good. Maybe we need to like work on some of the, <laughs> the contractions. <laughs> we need but, to, but we need to work on our compressive thought processes. Maybe, maybe, maybe bring it back in a little bit. <laughs> so you were, before I interrupted you, you were saying about the, the, the expansion of the fitness field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's expanding in some really strange ways. Like, again, like you said, it's expanding outside of fitness. Yeah. It's, it's, people are, are avoiding fitness. And it's not to say, like, I've seen the arguments of it's not effort over everything. You know, I, I've seen the arguments for that. I'm, I'm a very big advocator of, like, zero, uh, one is still better than zero. You know, like, doing something is still better than nothing. But if we're, if we're talking about principles, like, progressive overload in any extent is going to lead you to more even if you're starting in a place where you're just breathing. Like, fine, whatever, work on your gait and just breathe. But what happens after that? Because you're not maximally progressing your gait. Like, it's yeah. just, unless you're sprinting, which, hey, like, let's talk about making sprinting better. Maybe you should squat and yeah. lunge. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you should just get stronger. Now, Do some pull-ups. That's been the weirdest trend of the last, I mean, probably, again, like two or three years is, and, and it's strictly like it is a marketing trend 
at, at its foundation. I truly believe that where it's literally just like people can no longer make money of just saying like, Hey, you should probably get stronger and work on capacity. And that's going to be good for most people that they've gone like the antithesis of that and saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to look at these extreme examples of, you know, juiced up power lifters or, or, you know, bodybuilders who only live into their forties or fifties. And I'm going to say that strength training actually is bad for longevity based on those merits. Right. And it's actually detrimental to your health and we need to work on really low level things. And, and now it's like the mm-hmm. Matt and I always kind of joke about, it. it's like the, the woke like fitness group where it's now like, no, you should actually be like not working so hard. And, you know, fitness is really going to be more dependent on these low level things and you don't want to put too much effort into what you're doing. And that's a great uh, client, like just client retention model. Cause then you can also just kind of gaslight all your clients into believing they're just not doing things properly when they're not making progress. Hey, I didn't reach my goals. Did you actually maximally posteriorly expand or did you only sort of posteriorly expand? That difference makes it, that makes all the difference. Intent, intense key. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it wasn't an RPE 10 posterior expansion. It was only an 8.5. You, that's, that's why you didn't get stronger or lose any weight. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's, it's totally wild. Um, but like you said, like the, the whole moderation isn't sexy. Effort isn't sexy. Yeah, yeah. Like a well-rounded diet isn't sexy. Like, no. It's the same thing in the nutrition world. Like it's just, it's hard totally. to sell the things that are just foundational principles at this point. Totally. RPE eight plus isn't sexy. It sucks. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I was, I'm on my final week of a block and I've, I'm like, all right, cool. We're just going to go to failure on most things, which I don't recommend for most people all of the time by any means, but obviously doing it occasionally kind of sets like a meter for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard it time and time again, like most people aren't going to failure. The research says it that we probably have 16 reps on average left in the tank if we're looking at general population people. Um, so even the the advocates who are like, like, don't touch failure, never go there. It's like, well, who are you talking to? The power lifter that always maxes out? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some maximal is probably good for you. But the person who like squats like four to five hundred and then you, you say do like sets of 10 to 20 on a leg press and they put three plates on. It's like, ah, like you, you could probably do more. Like we could push a little bit further. Um, I mean, even the average person, like I've worked with a few people who they'll like, they'll squat two plates and they'll go to like a walking lunge and use like tens or twenties or 25 pound dumbbells. And I'm like, you're, you're not putting in, you're putting in the effort in certain areas, but you're kind of missing the mark in some of the others. Like we might as well just do more squatting and waste our time with some of the stuff. My favorite is listening to those same people talk about their, their stimulus to fatigue ratio. And it's like, they're like, I just need the the stimulus to fatigue ratio. This is great. So I'm going to just keep it really light and just go some, get some work done. It's like, no, you're actually fatiguing more than you've got it in reverse actually, because you're doing Bulgarian split squats with tens after you've just done squats with 315. That's actually inefficient. (laughs) Right, right. And that's where like, even with, you know, Matt and I both, program AMRAPs again intermittently mm-hmm. in people's program for that very same reason strictly and, and we're and we always tell people it's like yeah like you probably don't need it like most people don't need AMRAP all the time but most people should AMRAP 
sometimes or occasionally yeah. because it is, it does set a completely different expectations for a lot of people from a training perspective. Like one of our favorite stories is like we had a guy in the group mentorship who was literally doing his AMRAP program while like a call was going. Like that was when we had like evening calls and he was listening to it uh, during his training session. And he's like, I actually have my set coming up right now. And it was like a, an eight, eight AMRAP at like 72.5% trap bar or something. Mm-hmm. And, and we're like, so what are you going to try to get? He's like, I don't know. Like eights were really hard. Like these just didn't feel like they were moving. Mm-hmm. And he did. So we, we made him put down his phone. We're like, you're going to put, you're going to live stream this and we're going to record this and everybody is going to watch you do this. Yeah. Love it. And he did what? 43 or 44. 44. Yeah. 44 reps. Yeah. It's like, what have you been doing? What the fuck have you been doing? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not, that's not just for him. Right. Like, no, that's, that's a lot of the cases. It's like, what are, what are we doing? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm taking some notes as I'm going through this, this current block that I'm in and I'm like marking where death feels like, like, okay, cool. So I started dying around 10. My heart started exploding around like rep 14. I'm going to do five more and just see what happens. Let's test this out. I think I had one more rep left at the end of like my 19 reps, but I died at 10. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I think effort is like always misconstrued with hard Mm -hmm. right like effort putting in more effort and putting in a large degree of effort doesn't mean you stop when it gets hard it means you like continue going even though it is hard like you continue pushing through it even when things get like very difficult and you'd like to stop yeah i i want to say it might have been like uh mountain dog you know rest in rest in peace but I think he said at one point where it was like the, the set starts when you want to stop. Yeah. Like for, for a lot of things. And, and that was obviously like a bodybuilding specific where you are touching a lot of mechanical tension. You are touching a lot of volume, but that's probably not, you know, something you're doing at 95% one RM for singles. I would but, remove that qualifier if it's a bodybuilding thing. And I would say that that extends a lot more out to gen pop than people think it does because oh, yeah. I have, well, I think like, gen pop. I, so, and- train like bodybuilders a lot yeah. of the time I, right like that so i just got a leg extension leg curl for my reps. for my garage and i, I watched that. one of my i watched one thing. of my clients um literally reach quote-unquote muscular failure on a set of 10 and so i just it's the prime one so i have the ability to move the plates around so i just took the plate off of the shortened position and moved it to the lengthened position and he got an extra like literally 15 reps out of it I'm like oh so you yeah. didn't actually fail you were just being soft yeah yeah, you just wanted to stop. And that's yeah. even like um, another guy who's been like on the AMRAP program that we, we've talked to a lot, who we actually need to get on the podcast, but Tan, Tim Landico was another yeah. guy who who kept stopping at 20 on all his trap yeah. bars. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you just have 20 stuck in your head. What I want you to do next week is have somebody off to the side counting silently and you just rep until you can't rep anymore. Mm-hmm. And again, he got like 37 yeah. on a weight that was like mm-hmm. 10% higher than he did for 20 at quote unquote failure the, week the previous before. week, which yeah. either means that, and I'm going to like Matt, Matt wrote the program that Matt wrote the greatest program of progressive overload you've ever seen in your life and stimulus adaptation or Tim, our good friend, no disrespect was being super soft. And, and Sorry, I think Tim. 
I, I know which one. Would. As the writer of the program, I know which option I'd pick. I think Tim would agree with us. Really yeah. Based on our conversations, because after that, he just kept crushing it. Yeah. And it was great, yeah. you know. And but it's like, yeah, that it's like the central governor theory in aerobic work, right? Where it's just like your your brain will tell you to stop long before you reach a point where you're actually like in danger or at risk of anything. Uh, and, totally. and that's, that's an evolutionary mechanism. Like that is important uh, mm-hmm. it, to, to survive in life. But we also need to understand that training is an artificial environment where we're, you know, again, in a very controlled environment where we can push that threshold, right? We're not running from, you know, wild animals out in, out in the woods. Like this is like, we're lifting a barbell or yeah. something of that I mean- nature. I think, I think one of the most valuable things like I could tell one of my gen pop clients to do in regards to their training is have someone there with them Mm -hmm. at times, especially during their hard training days. Right. It's like, they're not there to be a coach. Like, I don't care if they're like, you know, the most knowledgeable person, but sometimes you just need a cheerleader. Like you need someone there to hold you accountable for like what you're actually about to do. I, I see it with myself, like on my, on my AMRAP leg press, hack squat, back squat days, I grab someone in the gym. I don't even care if we speak the same language. I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to like get, get across them. Like, this is what I'm going for. And then I'm, I'm going to push through it. Like, I'm going to get it. Hey, record this for me because I need to make sure that I get there. Oh, yeah. Because oh, on my own. Say. Record your AMRAP sets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what They're I mean, once reps. I, the, totally. Because like you, again, holding, holding yourself accountable having someone else, whether it's like, you know, a person standing there with the internet, like saying like, ah, was that an MRAP? Like, did you, did you just stop at 20 or did you have actually 10 more? Should you have added an extra plate to the bar? Because it looks like, like you were, you were wussing out a little bit. Like, let's, let's move that bar a little bit like further to, to where we're trying to go. Like, let's do it. I, I, I do think that's that. one of the worst things that's come out of uh, remote coaching is that nobody has a training partner anymore. And it's everybody sits there in the gym like, um, actually, my coach is like, I'm going to go do this one now. Um, so I can't go hang out with you guys anymore. It's like I just actually, training partners are great. And they'll push yeah. you way further than you ever could have gone on your own. Yeah. I actually did that a few, a couple blocks ago. I had a, a three drop leg press. And I literally told the guy, that I was, I pulled him over and I was like, Hey, I'm going to need you to push this off of me mm-hmm. like three times. And, and each time you're going to strip a plate, like literally just strip a plate off both sides. <laughs> and I'm going to wait, you know, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. And then I'm going to go again. And yeah, it's like, a, like you, you pick an exercise and, and machines are fucking great for this. Like, don't do this with a barbell back squat. Like, that's no. stupid. But yeah. You so power like, cleans are, oh, that's all good. Right? I can do <laughs> a power clean. Probably, probably don't <laughs> yes. do that. Uh, but yeah, it's like, you can have a leg press or a hack squat. Like, literally have somebody there. They can just push, like, literally help push the weight off of you to rack it and strip a plate and go. And you can actually get pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you'll feel the difference. And you'll, especially over the course of, like, a, a drop set or just stacking on clusters, even the things you can do that as well. Um, like rest pause type issue. Like it's like, you can squeeze out so much more reps and volume simply there. Cause it, again, it's like, you're not going to fail on a leg press by yourself simply because you don't want to have to stand up, unload it, rack it, load it back and go through the process. But if you got somebody standing there, um, 
that's going to help you out with it. Like you can actually push that. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I've heard this before. Like a lot of people are really bad at, at grinding, right? Like yeah. some people, some people are, are actually fast twitch, right? And they got one grind in them and that's it. Like their next set is failure. Um, their next rep is failure. Yep. But I think a lot of, again, like new trainees, they don't, they don't know what that's like. They, they don't know where failure is. So once it gets hard, they tend to stop. I'm someone who can probably grind through a bunch of reps. Oh, like yeah. it looks like I'm going to fail. And I'm like, shit, like I, I've, I've got like at least five more. <laughs> like, let's just keep Dude, going. You're speaking and, my language over here. <laughs> and like having, having that person there, I, I mean, it's hard to grind through a leg press for five reps when it, the bar started or the, the weight started going slowly again, like with the back squat, am I going to necessarily like push through a bunch of like really shoddy reps or grindy reps? Mm -hmm. Maybe not because like, I don't have something like really locking my form in with something like a leg press. Like I've got a back pad. I've got the whole platform for my foot. I'm not really going anywhere. Yeah. Constraints everywhere. Yeah. I can probably really push through this. If you fail, you just sit out of the chair. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. And even like, again, like a squat, it's like, I mean, yeah, theoretically, like you could set your pins or, and, and go and, but it's like, okay, well then just to get it back up to the actual like hooks, it's like, okay, so now I have to like unrack my barbell and like awkwardly clean it up, re-rack. Like it doesn't make sense with everything, but it does make no. sense with, with some things. And that's just picking good. That's just exercise selection. That's not being an idiot from a training perspective and and it's definitely um yeah it's something that like matt said matt mentioned like with gen pop clients like especially early in their programming i would do undefined reps all the time with people i would just give them a wait and say hey so we're gonna go till failure and then we're gonna wait 30 seconds and then we're gonna go to failure again and and i would use things like a leg extension a leg curl a leg press a chest press and it's just like a, a seated row variation of some kind, right? And it's just like, man, you would see clients progress session over session just due to like self-efficacy and confidence. Yes. You totally. know, and it's just like, man, it's so good for people to do that. Like I'm about to program like density sets for one of my clients who desperately needs them. And I'm excited to see like over four weeks, like what it looks like because he's going to blow it up. But yeah. He, yeah. Needs, he needs something like that desperately. That's one of the things that I find that uh, when I work with uh, a lot of my lifters and a lot of my athletes who just are missing confidence under the bar in either a squat or a bench or a deadlift, and I start programming out cluster sets for them, their numbers go up by like 50 plus pounds a week just because, oh, I can do this. I'll be fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I had a guy, uh, he was failing like three by 10 accessories, right? He's just like, my last set, I'm getting like six, should I lower the weight? And I was like, no, you should no. set the weight down for 15 seconds and pick it up and do your next four reps. Like- work through it, like rest positive, you know? And it's just like, and he was like, I can do that. It's like, there's no fucking rules, man. Like this, like, yeah. yes, you can do that. It's okay. Yeah. Like, what are we, you know, it's just like people get so rigid and like how this needs to look. And it's just like, man, like, no, like let's pump them out. Totally. It's, actually, it's one of the most amazing things where the, the proliferation of information on the internet with YouTube and Instagram and everything like that has actually made people dumber, weaker, and softer than instead of the opposite uh, effect of making people stronger, smarter, and more resilient. It's just people don't have a bullshit filter and people look at things like that and they go, okay, well, 
this guy is really big and really muscular. And he says that I have to watch out for my stimulus to fatigue ratio. So my 130 pound ass has to listen to this guy who's 270 pounds and 4% body fat because we're the same person. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've started doing something similar with my clients. Like here's your rep range because like you give someone again, a three by 10 and they're like, I failed. Like you, you didn't fail. You just did less reps. Like nothing about that's failure. Like you showed up to the gym, you got stronger, you did more reps than the previous week. That's all good. So here's your rep range. This is how we're starting. And then the goal is just to beat that week over week. The goal is to like push a little bit more because either you got stronger or you got weaker. And if you got weaker, someone didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. Like the goal, like that's how progressive overload works, right? That's how like our systems operate. Like there's probably either uh, some level of under recovery happening or like I messed up a progression and I didn't, I didn't mess up the progression. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with like, you screwed up something here. You changed the exercise. You did something wrong. <laughs> like, let's look at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, let, let's, let's find out where you feel good. Cause some people feel really good in that five rep range, right? Like some people feel really good higher up to 10. Like some people want to do sevens, whatever. Like, I don't really care. Um, if like your sets drop or they stay the same, like let's progress at how you feel comfortable progressing it. I think it creates a little bit of like a, of a dealer's choice, a player's choice for uh, in the, in the whole setup where for whatever reason, some people just hate like three sets of 10, like they hate it. They don't, they don't like that organization of numbers. Um, and sometimes I play around with folks and I'm like, all right, you're going to do three sets of 11. And for some people that like really screws them up. Like, like what am I supposed to do with this? Why didn't we just do 12? It's like, no, 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 11. I like that number. <laughs> numbers are all arbitrary anyway. So we're going to pick one that you don't use very often. But I mean, I've even like- Sets of 13 other- on everything. Yeah. <laughs> even on like the undefined reps. So it's like in the past- I've given people like on their, you know, on on their accessories or whatever, not like primary lifts per se, but it's like, okay, two sets of AMRAP. And then the next week, now I have the choice based on what they do and I'll give them a weight to use, right. That I know is appropriate. And on the next week I can either do, okay, well you did, you know, 17 and 13, right. With with 60 pounds. So we can either say, well, now I want you to match 17 to 13 with 70 pounds. Or I can say, we're going to keep 60 and try to go plus three to four on both of those numbers and see what happens. Right. And now I can give them, you know, based on capacity or based on strength and whatever progression I want to use, like more definable targets when maybe I would have said three by 12 or, you know, two by 12 or two by 15 or whatever. Now I've got a more realistic number to build off of. And it's just like, but clients are just like, what? Yeah. I need more structure than this. Like, what do, what, what am I doing? And I'm like, do the sets, film them, send them to me. And I'll tell you if you bitched out. It's my favorite is when I prescribe out some AMRAPs and it's like three by 17, 17, 17. It's like, Oh no, you didn't. That's not an AMRAP. That's that's just (laughs) stopping. (laughs) That was as many reps as you felt like, not as many reps as possible. Totally. Things. Totally. I mean, they're, they're different words, right? Saying, telling someone to do 50 total reps mm-hmm. over the course of however many sets it takes. Yep. Like they do that. Break, they'll do, they'll do up, 10, 10, 10, 10. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Do, do 50 total reps. Like give as much as you can each set yeah. and go for it. Um, it's, it just, it's different. Like it comes across different. Um, people view it differently. They want, they want that, that structure. They crave that structure in a lot of cases. Um, I think people like think of fitness, nutrition, whatever we're talking about in a very like tight vacuum, 
mm-hmm. right? Again, like if they grew up, their favorite Instagram person said five to eight is strength and eight to 12 is ideal hypertrophy, um, then they they fall into that. Anything below five is like, oh, that might be too heavy. And anything above 12 is, is junk volume. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that. that's not the case. Like it's a little bit more nuanced than that your strength doesn't happen in the vacuum of a program. Your progress doesn't happen happen in the vacuum of a program. Like while your squat numbers may influence your bench numbers that you hit on Thursday, like we're not comparing squat to bench. We're not, we're not saying within this 12 week program, everything is moving in a very linear fashion, even though we call it linear progressions. Um, everything's kind of like topsy-turvy. It's all over the place. Like how you're sleeping takes a toll what you ate is going to take a toll. Um, Whether you did eight reps or 10 reps, uh, doesn't really matter that much. As long as you're progressing in some fashion, I think you're probably all good, right? But a lot of people get really tied up into the like very specific aspects of it. I think it's just like anything else. And and again, it's like, this is the equivalent to me of like being hyper-focused to the point of obsession on like macros and nutrition, right? Where it's just like the more numbers uh, or guidelines obsessed you probably are within any system, the less you probably actually know about it and how to, and how to like manage the variables correctly. And like when I see that in like training systems where people are like very uh, algorithm based, it's like, okay, if I see this and I have to do that, or if I see that, then I have to do this. Yeah. Like A plus B equals C. That's what it has to be. It's like, oh, you don't actually know like the principles or the adaptations or the things that you're actually, you know, probably trying to elicit through these interventions. And the same thing with like the macro. It's like, oh, like you've got this algorithm in your head where you have to have this like 50, 30, 20 breakdown and your meal timing has to be this way and everything has to you don't actually know how to feed yourself. You just know what like the system is. And it's like, at that point, it's like, okay, like, is that doing, that might be useful very early on in somebody's, you know, fitness journey or whatever, either way. Uh, But it also creates a huge amount of dependence uh, within that system and and very little like actual critical thinking and like proactive or progressive, you know, uh, interventions or actions within that yeah totally i mean it takes you take like certain people whether you're talking about like gen pop newbies or people who are like veterans and they've been around for a really long time you take them out of their like systems and their environment and they don't know what the hell they're doing Mm -hmm. like send them on vacation and they're like oh oh crap like i don't i don't know how to eat this kind of food like you know put them in a different gym put them in a hotel gym and they're like there's nothing here what do i do without my prime wedges (laughs) it's like you lift you lift weights (laughs) like you do the same stuff you've always done like don't let those things be a crutch like come on yeah like have fun with it like dude i the last hotel gym i was in i ended up doing like sissy squats on a smith machine Mm -hmm. and it was like the best week of my life it was the most fun and the most sore my quads have been in so long but people like lost their minds when they, when I like post yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm get a pump. Lift- yeah. Get in a pump. <laughs> and, and I'm literally just like, I'm in a gym that has a bunch of equipment I never get to use. And it's a week. 
and I'm just literally yeah. going off program and yeah. doing shit, and it's fun. Yeah. Getting a pump. Why do you care? Is my yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please why stop do you care? At what I do. Come on. I do what well, I do. I for post me. it so they can look at it, Samaj. Like that's the point. But don't question me. Likes, Ever. like shares. <laughs> just gonna, I'm just gonna block you if you ask one question. Goodbye. Hey, Kyle, <laughs> love your, love your content. Just really curious. What is the what is the purpose of this exercise? Block! Get out of here! Don't you ever come back! <laughs> Every troll that I get starts with, "Hey, I love your content." It's like it's like the equivalent of saying, "No offense, but yeah." And yeah. I'm just like, as soon as I see that, I'm like, "Oh, what's this asshole gonna say?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "It's like, do you love my content?" Because totally. I'm pretty consistent with my message. Uh, you know, it's always interesting, but it's like, yeah, no offense, but this is stupid is what it, what it usually amounts to. Yeah. Cool. 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who gets that, but, uh, um, I just get people, all of my comments and everything on mine is just people just shit talking and trolling me, which is amazing. I'm so glad that that is the persona that I've cultivated on social media and not the, Kyle, are you concerned about the way that your left oh, humerus God. isn't optimally internally rotating when you're benching? I feel like my left pec doesn't grow as much as my right one does because I just can't deduct my humerus as much. People on mine just like watch this they're like, Haha, balloon man, go burr. <laughs> <So funny. laughs> there's yeah, there's totally been a huge shift from this idea that just because you're jacked, uh, just because you're in shape doesn't mean you know anything to like, you don't need to show result to to actually like have an opinion yeah. in this space <laughs> bowser thanks bowser <laughs> coach bowser is uh, <laughs> he agrees He's, uh, yeah <laughs> totally emphatically like <laughs> that shit pisses yes. me off <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the amazon man is the biggest threat to our household you could ever imagine basically is what this amounts to uh, sure. I'm gonna. It's a, it's a sign that you're not big enough, Kyle. <laughs> it's a sign that you need to be bigger and like more threatening. He's it stepping is. up. That's true because Bowser does not think you are capable of defending your family. <laughs> he thinks he is the alpha <laughs> of the family for sure. Um, no, it's. But it is interesting. Like that's where those people have just like completely swung to the, the other end of the spectrum, where it's like. It, used, it went from, like you said, just because somebody's in shape doesn't mean they know how to train people to people who are in shape don't know how to train people. Yes. And it's just yeah. like, damn, that's a big leap. That has been a wild <laughs> shift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's messed with trainers. Like, trainers aren't training. That right, is like, the most wild shift I've ever seen. Is that like if you if you lift weights, you're obviously dumb and you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm I'm big on don't look at what I do and like think that that's how you should do it. I think that's dumb across the board. In any case, like no, you should do everything that I do. Like everything that I do is right. Yeah, everything team. that I do is right. You should never question me and just do everything that I tell you to do. Order all the same equipment and yep. live in baseball tees. Yep. Got yep, it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the house right here the video <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i think i think that that's that's uh that's a weird that's a weird thing like a lot of trainers aren't training 
um, themselves. Like they're not, they're not necessarily working on actually getting better and pushing limits. Like cool, like test out your client's programming, but also make progress for yourself. Like use, use the appropriate weight, like get stronger, get fitter, um, implement a lot of these things that you actually preach to people and like show the result from it. I think that that's super important as well. It's weird though, because it's one of those things that it's where it's starting to become a point of pride that people don't actually train anymore. It's, it is a, probably the weirdest trend that I've seen over the last few years that people, like Matt said, they, they actually take pride and brag about what little work they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what are we even doing as an industry? Like, And, and it's like, and, and to- it could be to the counterpoint though, if those people were making progress and they were getting stronger and they were putting more weight on the bar, they were losing body weight or they were getting more muscular, then I would agree with what they're talking about. But none of the, like, you, if you watch them training over time, none of those qualities are improving. Like they yeah. post throwback Thursdays on Monday through Friday. All they do is they just rel- like live in the glory days of where they used to be. And it's like, oh, look how little I do now. It's like, okay, cool. Well, are you moving any needles? Oh, no. Totally. Well, any other field that's any other field that's different, right? Like if you're in, if you're in like finance, you're literally living and breathing finance. You're probably doing things that the normal person shouldn't do. You're taking risks that the normal person shouldn't take. You know, if you're working in, in cooking, like you're a chef or anything like that, you're probably cooking more than the normal person is. Like you made two or three different versions of breakfast because like you're serving, you know, these people, you're trying out recipes that you don't even eat. You know what I mean? Like you're just doing it. Like if you're working in fitness and like, I, you know, I, I ascribe to some of the stuff that like Ben, ben House talks about, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think about calories more than the average person should think about Oh, absolutely. Calories. I look at food and I'm like, yeah, 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 that's that much protein and this much carbs and this much fat. Like, but that's not what I'm ascribing the average person to do on a regular basis. And I'm not necessarily ascribing the average person to do what I do. What I do is for my field and for like, for my level of expertise so that I can help more people, right? Like the level that I train at, I shouldn't necessarily be training all the time at minimal effective dose, minimal effective volume or whatever that may be for you. Like I shouldn't be training two days a week if I don't need to, and I'm not trying to like find out more. Like I should probably train at the higher limits so that I can help people who want to train two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, five days, six days, whatever that might be. And if you're in this industry, you should kind of want to. Yeah. Right. Like you should like, just like the, the chef enjoys cooking. That's their passion. Totally. They do that. Right. The accountant loves fucking money. Yeah. And they, and they go out of their way to play with money and try to make more. Um, you know, for themselves and their clients, hopefully. And it's like, as a coach, it's like in my head, based on just anecdote from a lot of the people that I hang out with is we got into this industry first because we loved participating in it ourselves. And then we found like, Hey, I can do this thing that I love and help other people get better. And also like make some money. And like provide and like have a lifestyle that I want. And that's, that's win, win, win all the way around. Like, that's a great thing. And it just makes me, it always makes me wonder. It's like when I see people who are in the industry now that are kind of anti-training weirdly, it's Mm -hmm. like, 
why why are you here you know and what got you into this industry yeah and a lot and ironically a lot of them too they're they're you know it's like i'm a rehab specialist or i'm i'm a movement coach or whatever and it's like go to physical therapy school Sure. Like, it's like, you want to be a physical therapist, but you don't want to actually put in the time to be a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. So you're just, call, you're a trainer calling yourself something else and not training people. And that's problematic. In totally. Mind. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like follow Jordan shallow, you know, like, like be, you want to be a movement specialist, like be more like him yeah, <laughs> versus like, like, lift, like train, yeah. like, do stuff. Yeah. And we're, and I'm not saying like, I don't want it to be misconstrued. Like, I'm not saying that like, to be in this field, you need to be jacked. No. I'm not saying that you need to have a six pack. I'm not saying that you need to be Kyle Dobbs. Um, what I, I am I, saying, I'm not, I'm not jacked. Don't Don't be Kyle Dobbs. Don't be, don't be Kyle Dobbs. I mean, I think enough people, like you're the fit pro-iest one on this call. All right. So he is, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like your, your, your brand of, of, uh, what's, what's the brand of clothing that you wear? Virus? Vori? Viewer is it Bori? Yeah, that's one. That's that's my lifestyle. Brand. Yeah, like that's that's you, right? Um, that's that's all. That's all. That's all you. You're you're black. You're black clothing, and you're very well lit backgrounds. Like it's great. This is what um, we do. I know my lighting. I'm, I get washed <laughs> out if it's otherwise, and I'm too pale to not have good lighting. It's like totally. I know I know my limitations. Dude, I know you have a crew back there. I know, like you don't show them ever. You don't give them enough props, but you have That's someone following the you background. around. There's like people yeah. everywhere. <laughs> totally, someone's <laughs> editing all of your actual content. Um, I'm sure someone has asked you, like, "Hey, Kyle, are you the one who actually does the programming?" Like, and oh. and you say yes, but really, it's like it's like, not, Kyle 2.0. I, I actually, yeah, I don't. My yeah, son Grayson writes yes. all your programs. <laughs> I'm sure he probably does a slightly better job than some of the people out here. He might. He might. He probably it's, does. No, it's it's it is crazy though. Where it's um, but again, it's like these illogical leaps is what we you know. It's you can say in in on the nutrition world, like you can say things like again, like you probably shouldn't be completely relying on macros and somebody's going to take that and be like, Oh, this person thinks macros don't matter. And you should only eat intuitively. Like, like, no, no, that's not actually what I said. Right. You know, and, and we're the same way in fitness where it's like, Hey, like low sensation based exercises, like you should probably be doing more than that. Like you probably should be pushing yourself. And now we have a whole group of people that are like, Oh, Kyle no. Matt say that biomechanics doesn't matter and you should just lift however you want, right? And it's like, no, we also never said that, right? Yeah, and no. It's, <laughs> and it's like if you look at our content, we obviously care very much about movement. It's just totally. not the only one. Like and for me, it's just like those are the narratives that people create. Like they out themselves so yeah. publicly, where I'm just like, oh, you just <clears throat> you don't understand nuance at all. Like you only see black and white for these scenarios, or at least that's what you're displaying in the narratives that you're presenting. You know, it's like, yeah. Even like bigger accounts, like uh, John Rusin, just, you know, shout out, shout out Rusin. I'm blocked by him, but I saw it shared a bunch of times. Like just put out a thing where it's like, something is not better than nothing. Like to your point, when we first started talking where it's like a one is better than a zero. He was like, he just wrote a post like basically telling people not to train unless they train a certain way. 
100 percent or nothing yeah it's just like bro what are we doing like who are you talking to you're talking to a population where 75 percent of the people don't meet daily movement standards yeah like what are we doing as an yeah are are we helping or or are we hurting that's not Um, helpful to people like what what is this yeah so yeah again like you said it's, it's happening in nutrition too where, you know, I, I saw a post recently where someone was saying that you don't need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. And I was like, hormones, mean? hormones. I'm just walking 100,000 steps a day. So I'm actually, everything is a calorie deficit, no matter what I'm eating. <laughs> all, cal- all calories are deficit. <laughs> yep, exactly. I can eat 20,000 calories a day and I would still be in a deficit. They, actually, activity just level, go, bro. they actually just go like, poof, before I even put them in my mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't even, I stepped up disappear. above a walking treadmill and I got a walking bed. Okay. So even when I'm sleeping, I am walking. Yeah. <laughs> just, you're just ro- rolling like the whole time. Rolling. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, expansion, compression, expansion, compression. Yes. Like all night long. Dude, you're, you're killing so many birds with so many stones. I know. <laughs> I know. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's where we are, where we're, I think you hit it on the head. We're creating narratives that don't fully serve the goal, right? Like, and people want that simple narrative. Like people like eat it up. Like we were talking earlier about what social media is versus what it isn't. Mm -hmm. And like you post educational content in hopes of helping people, but really what wins are memes and reels and like really simple stories. And I think my goal ends up just being like, don't cause harm. Like, can I, can I say this without, like, I don't offending people, whatever. People are going to be offended by whatever you say. You know, you say like squats are good and someone's offended. You know, you say Mm -hmm. like sleeping eight hours is good and someone's pissed. Um, But like not, not putting out stuff that's going to like cause an eating disorder or like a weird body image situation or someone who thinks like they, they can't succeed because they're limited by some some particular belief. Um, I mean, that's that's really like all we can actually do, right? But a lot of people are doing the exact opposite. Yeah, it's it's just so weird. And you know, it's like Matt and I we actually talked about this on a, a podcast we did with another guest. I don't know a couple of days ago, and it's like this weird combination of social media and COVID. Yeah, like brought way too many people to the online space who have not actually trained people in person in the real world. And you have a bunch of people now who have decent educations, they know information, but they don't have experience in the application of that information. And they're just talking about theories as if they're absolutes. Yeah. And, and they're believable and they're marketable and, and they do a good job and, you know, they talk very confidently and they use big words and, you know, it's like, that's really all it takes on social media to capture a crowd at least and, and grow a following of some sort. And it's just like, man, like these people, like they are doing so much more harm than good, it, mm-hmm. not only to their clients, but even to their peers who they're, who again, like, they're validating beliefs or swaying beliefs or whatever based on a complete lack of applicable knowledge. And it's, it's hard to watch. And then if you try to have a conversation with them, it's just like, 
oh, you just don't understand what I'm saying. It's like, no. You don't get it, bro. Yeah, it's just like, I've had people who've been in the industry six months question my experience, like over 15 years, you know? And it's just like, and you can do that on the internet, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, with no Mm -hmm. repercussions, you know? And it's just like, this is where we're at. Yeah, it's 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 a weird place. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally I totally agree with that. It's a, I think those are the words that I said. Like the internet's a weird place. Like it's it's a, place. it's a it's, it's a, a very, very weird, weird place. very weird place. Um, yeah. I think we're all like still newly navigating it, right? Like mm. the internet's been around for a period of time, but like for businesses and industries mm. to move a majority of like what they do to that space. Um, there's been a, a huge learning curve and a lot of people like feel like they're in the same position as someone who's been in the industry for 10 years. N- not to say that like someone can't be a good coach, like after being in the industry for six months, but, but understand, like, I think we've lost the aspect of, uh, of putting in like that time, right. In a gym, you're not going to walk into a gym and be like, you know, the, the next like top dog, like you know, within like three months of being there, like you have to go through some growing pains before you actually, you're going to think you will though. Yeah. Cause all new coaches, cause myself included, probably Kyle, probably Samaj, probably all of you guys on this podcast. When you guys walked into your gym for the first time, you're like, I'm about to shake this place up. I'm going to take this place by storm. And then you get slapped down by those veterans <laughs> real fucking fast. Yeah. But there, I think that's, that's the checks and balances that's kind of missing. Right. Yeah. Like well, that's the you can't, like, yeah, it blocks somebody talking to you face to face. It's just like, you need, you also need to be able to walk. The, it's not even peers. Like every coach, I just feel like needs to work in a corporate gym and have to prospect and get told the fuck off by people multiple times, like yeah. tens of times a day. Uh, and hundreds of times. Oh yeah. You know, sometimes I I told this uh, story on the group mentorship where like I had given advice to to somebody so many times. And then I was like, okay, you know, I think it's about time that I talked to this person about some training and I asked them like, so would you ever be interested in training with me? And they looked at me and went, Oh no, I would absolutely never hire (laughs) you and just walked away. I was like, my heart just ripped out and stomped on. Even like we had in like New York, people are, merciless and they do not waste time and shit and Uh i would literally watch like again like people doing just ridiculous things in the gym and a coach going up to them with with good intentions more often than not and by the time they got five feet away from that person the 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 member would literally look at them and be like nope not interested go away and it's like okay uh, you know, it's just like, you get shot down before you even ask the question. It's like being at a bar, seeing a girl across the room waving and her just being like, just shaking her head. No, not a chance, bro. And it's like, you need to go through that. Yeah. Maybe this can be a relationship where instead of swiping, we just also make people have to like talk to other people in public. <laughs> that's not going to work. I, I, that's not going <laughs> to fly, Kyle. You're, you're, you're asking for something you cannot that we cannot I, do at this point. I actually had to talk to my wife uh, during the the old process. Like we didn't we didn't have the apps back then. We didn't have smartphones. Cor- so. Courting when courting was still. Court, a thing. I had to court her. I had to yeah. court her. Like we went on a date. Like what do you what do you mean like a like a Tinder? Like one no, of those? Like like a like an actual date. Like, like you asked take her to a restaurant. You asked buy her? her food and then drop her off at home. Uh, Interesting. Like a real date. 
Yes. Did, she didn't even Venmo you for the other half of the meal or something? Didn't even, I, I didn't even ask her to. Can you believe that? Wow. Oh man. Like, is this equal? Like, is that equality? <laughs> what's, what's happening there? <laughs> Archaic. <laughs> Archaic times. I, I have been called a misogynist within, within the last year by, by someone. So, you know, here we go. This, this I know Kyle's probably going to get canceled for that. I'm probably going to get canceled for taking my, uh, my wife out to a date. Uh, and I know you think know. chivalry is purely positive, but I mean, like, that's just, it's archaic, man. Like, no, come on, be better, be better, be better, be, be, just be better, just be better. That's it. So that, that's what my just life motto is. So <laughs> <laughs> be better than what? Just, just myself. Just, just, just my, yeah. be better. <laughs> just yes. Okay. Just be better. Be, please, please. That's it. That's it. Man, I, I feel like this entire call has been like our last question. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to skip it because we've been ranting a lot. Cool. It's been basically, yeah, all of it. But, but I, why are you in Mexico and what's next? Dude, I think okay. that's actually where I want to yeah. go. Yeah. So let's, we're going to, I'm going to take it kind of far with that one. Right. Okay, so like we drove, we drove down here, which is ridiculous. Like I don't recommend, um, not that I don't recommend, but if you don't like driving, don't, don't do it. Um, we drove from Bridgeport. So oh, this is oh, yeah, God. <laughs> like in my in our 2008 Ford Escape Hybrid. Like it's that is it's a made lot it. of miles. I yeah three. I think it was like three thousand like total. That's um, a long drive. <laughs> it's, so it's been a shorter one because what is it? So driving to Texas is probably two and a half days if you don't sleep. Um, <laughs> so like <laughs> so like three right. Um, but we, but we took about a week ish to get there. Like we made a couple stops. Like we saw some people, we ate some food. Um, so we wanted to enjoy it a little bit. So we, we drove, we drove down here. It was probably about an 11, 12 day drive. And we ran into like, like basic issues, but we kind of prepared for it. Like I switched out our donut, um, on the back of the car to, uh, a full size tire, you know, like Mm -hmm. we've got like a a separate jumper system, like in the car, like just in case, like no one wants to stop on the side of like a sundown town and, um, and and not have a way to jump your car. (laughs) You don't want to rely on the goodness of strangers. (laughs) That's actually how like serial killer movies start. It's how all cars are breaking down in rural Texas. On the side uh, of the highway with, with nothing in sight. Like this is yeah. a bad move. It's a bad move. Totally, totally. So I mean, like it was it was a pretty decent drive to get to Texas, but I didn't have a passport, um, which is like a story I haven't really told. But we were getting ready to cross the border, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Like I had sent my passport in to get renewed, but with COVID and everything, that didn't really happen at the right time. But we just decided we were going to jump anyway and say, like, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, so I booked an appointment at the, like, uh, at the immigration place in Texas. And I was able to get my passport, like, a day later uh, when, we, when we got there. So that, that was all cool. Um, and then, like, driving into Mexico was kind of weird. Like, it, they didn't check much of anything. I think they only like, check you coming back, right? Like they don't really check so. you going in. So sure, our car was full, and like you get into immigration over there, and immediately no one spoke English, and it's not like, that I expect people in Mexico, <laughs> right? Like I can still smell American air. 
Um, like it's it's not even it's not even like you know I expect people in Mexico to speak English. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm not that person. Like yeah. we've been taking Spanish classes for the last like four months. Um, but I expected immigration to be able to communicate with me. Is this how and, you wound up in jail? Really, just yes or no? no. So okay. no, no. I, I'll get there, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they they looked in the car and they were like, "Is this only clothes?" And they said it in Spanish. We had to figure it out. And I said yes. And they said okay. And they didn't look at papers. They didn't look at passports. They just said, "Great, awesome." And now you have to go drive an hour in order to get your immigration stuff, like our, our tourist visa and everything. Generally, when you fly in, you do it on the plane. But I could essentially just go in without any papers, without any like legal aspects of being there. And they just, they just said like, fine, whatever. Um, on the way to that spot, I got pulled over by the police. And that's actually how I ended up in Mexican jail. They said like, where are you coming from? I said, America. And they said, oh, I, I've, I've seen your type around here before. Like, let's, let's not let you go any further. Straight um, to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. Like, you're, the, the dreads, no. I've seen Shatas. I've seen all, all, of, those, all of those movies. Like, I don't, I don't trust this. <laughs> no, like, so real talk. I actually did get pulled over by the police. Um, I got super flustered. I couldn't respond to him properly. And he just said like, whatever, <laughs> like keep, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> you are like, clearly not from here. See you later. <laughs> I just speak Spanish and I appreciate that. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so 13 days later, like we ended up in the city that we're in and it's been, we're, we're gonna be here for another month or so. Like why we choose Mexico? It was close yeah. um, and we have a dog. So she's like- sleeping. I was gonna ask you if you brought the pup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's sleeping. She's sleeping over there right now. What are they going to well, do with the dog if they don't bring it? Let friends take care of it? I didn't know. Yeah, I get some people. Some, some people are weird, you know, like, yeah, they're just like, yeah, I left her. I left her in a kennel, you know, for three months oh, and yeah. we'll, we'll be back. Like some, yeah. you know, we've, uh, we've my dog got depression and it's never the same again. And we'll yeah. We, yeah, we, we didn't want to like do a plane ride situation. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, we didn't want to cause her that kind of stress. And then like, what do we do when we need to come back? Like, so we're going to have to do that again. Like if it turns out really bad. Um, so we're going to test that out while we're in Mexico. We'll take like some short trips and see how she does. But, but we wanted to like make sure she was comfortable. So she had her own spot in the car full of everything else. And she's been great. Like no, no issues here whatsoever. But we chose this one because of her, like, a little bit like again it was close we could drive to it mm. but um also it was close to family like family's not too far away they can easily come visit us um if you're you know referencing the last trip we made we flew to asia yeah so like <laughs> that's the other side of the world like it's who's... all context right? yeah, yeah right um and and like this just just seemed like a good bet like it's affordable living um unlike what you see on narcos it's actually pretty safe if you like are aware of where you are and what you're doing. I haven't, you we haven't had Netflix any Netflix isn't an accurate representation of something. Netflix, CNN, Fox News, you know, all that stuff like <laughs> is the actual facts. The fact, when we crossed the border, we actually had to swim through people trying to climb over the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, I was going to make a joke that somebody made to me once when they were going to Mexico and they're like, it's actually funny because you can take all the drugs you want in. You just can't leave with them. And that was like what the, what the process was. For them. They, yeah. It's definitely different coming back in. We had to make a random loop around 
And they definitely questioned us a little bit more going back in. Um, but still not as much. They were like, oh, you're Americans? Can I see? They at least asked for papers. It was like, can, yeah. I, can I see like your passports? <laughs> yeah, here you go. Like, All right, cool. You're, you're good. You're good. Cool. Um, but yeah, like, again, we, we chose this because it just seemed like a, a good place to like explore. Um, I, I've talked to you, Matt, I think a little bit about this. Like I have some aspirations to be somewhat, I'm, I'm not nomadic. Like I'm not looking to move every month and like be all over the place and like be this like world traveler um, all of the time, like jet setting every weekend. But I am looking to, to have various spaces around the world. Um, I ascribe to this idea that I think environment super important and very similar to how someone might like change their environment by going to various cafes or like, you know, dr driving into a different like part of town in order to get more work done or going to a different gym. Um, I just kind of taken it on like a larger scale and I enjoy being in different parts of the world and experiencing like different cultures and different people and, and seeing like how, how it works. I think one of the things that's super cool about places that I've been specifically here is the food and fitness environment changes quite a bit. Um, you don't you don't see like the same kind of. It's easier for me to get access to certain things. Mm. I think I made a post about it a while ago. Like walking down the street, I can pick up next to the gym is a place that like has rotisserie chicken and potatoes, like post workout like anabolic meals. Like here we go. Um, you know, on my walk home, I can pick up fresh fruit and produce, like fructose and carbs, like really good things as well. Um, when I'm back in the States, I have to be a little bit more intentional about like making sure I have those things. And if I want like quick and fast, I'm probably going to pay for it if I want something that's also going to be like nutritious, yeah. right? I'm paying like $12, $15 for a salad with less dressing when I would pay $12.99 if I just got something on the menu, but that salad's probably a thousand plus calories. Mm. Um, you know, I asked for extra chicken and they charged me $5. Like what, I don't, I don't understand that. When I asked for extra chicken here, they're like, do you want a whole or a half? It's a dollar. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's just. <laughs> so it's, just uh, a it's a dollar for a whole and a half or a half? I'll take a whole every time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's amazing just, is, yeah, we're talking in America, it's like you get, you know, two more ounces of like yeah. chicken breast and oh in it's Mexico, my favorite when like, you go to chipotle oh, and you, you ask for like an a, extra you want a big chicken and not a little yeah. chicken yeah. yeah you go to chipotle and they're like they, they give you like two extra cubes of chicken on their fork and they're like that's extra and it's gonna be 250 it's like yeah. uh bro you you literally gave me no extra chicken yeah. none this is yeah. like a quarter of a gram of protein like what do you want what do you think this right. is right right yeah. So, I mean, like, I think for all those reasons, like we chose this as well, like what is a close place where I can create an environment that, that affords me to do those things. Like I can, I can walk to the gym every day because every day is essentially the same temperature. Like I can expect that it's going to be sunny and 75 every day that creates a bit of consistency in my day. When I'm working with people in new England, I just expect your steps are going to go down from November to, mm -hmm. to March. Because like, I'm not, while I think like, sure, the, the environmental, like sound fitness folks are like, if it rains, like you should be out there and moving. And if it snows, like get a parka, you know, like snowshoes, sure, bro. Yeah. Like I, I guess like, but you know, you're talking to like a, a mom, you're talking to someone who works 80 hours a week. You're talking to someone who like has three kids, like they probably don't have the time to like 
navigate snow and feeding three extra miles in their house. Like that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it's easier to be active in places like this. Like my dog gets more walks, yeah, like, know. you know, like basic things that don't, if it, if it rains for four days, it's been raining in Boston, like torrential downpour. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Like that's one of the things that I've told every single one of my coaches, like since I've lived in Texas is like over from July, May, June to October, like, like beginning of October, early November, my steps are going to be down because it's 110 with 80% humidity and I'm not going outside. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I, midnight, uh, actually at midnight, it only gets down to 104 (laughs) with 90% 90% humidity it actually gets more humid when the sun goes down here. It's terrible. Just don't want it bad enough, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, you the walking bed. gym equipment and all you, all you need is a, a walking bed. You just need like, a walking it. bed. Just walking bed. That's not what you need. You need a walking bed. <laughs> Dude, that thing is something straight out of Transformers. It's it is. Like, it's just like it folds yeah. down into like one... It's one great. knob and you have a hamstring curl and you're just like, I am I saw you I saw you do it and I immediately <laughs> fell in love. I was like I, I don't I have can't, a place to store it but I want it. I can't tell you how many people messaged me asked me how much it cost. I told them how much it cost and I just got left on scene. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> been great. <laughs> well that's that's been that's been the conversations that um that Cassim has been having, right? Like people yeah, are like, yeah. how much did your gym cost? And it's like that's a weird question a lot it costs a lot like a lot know. of money <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like how many reps did you do bro it's like a lot i did did all the reps i was supposed to i spent all the yeah. money that i needed to like yeah. i got what i wanted like i think that's what's most important like do i right. enjoy what i'm doing do i like what i have like yeah yeah it's worth it yeah um man i so do you looking at where you're at now because you're mm-hmm. so you're in mexico for another month um we're we're in Queretaro for another month we're in mexico until february March. okay so you're just going to be tra- traveling around very quick because that was my next question i was like where's where's next are you coming back to the states yeah. or are you going to go further stay away around? just go go keep going <laughs> i just i just keep looking over you know the wall and i'm checking it out and i'm like stuff is still on fire um, oh. Maybe I'll wait a little bit, you know. I'm mean, all um, shitty still. <laughs> you, could, like, you could stop through St. Louis because I, I noticed on that week long drive that you did not stop through St. Louis, even though it's directly on the way. It, so we went this, down. By the way, this motherfucker drove through Houston when I went up to Boston. Like we literally went man. the opposite directions. <laughs> yeah, um, he went I actually, to where I was, and I went to where he was. The son of a bitch. I actually tried to make that work. Um, I know. Matt will Matt will attest to me trying to get the St. Louis he did. because I because when we started talking about like I'm gonna be going away, I was like, and I'm trying to make a trip over there. Like I want to like show up at 5:30 a.m. at his gym and just like be working out and be like, hey. I would have done that Like I literally would have like, like, not even a double take, but a triple take. Like just like he. So like going into this, he asked me what your address was and all the things because he was like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna show I'm up." And I was gonna, gonna, gonna show up at his door, wake up Coach Bowser in the middle. Of the I night. was gonna get him in touch with Sarah, but he told me it wasn't gonna work. Well, I was no, like, no. Oh, "We're gonna get this. We're gonna get make this happen." Yeah, yeah. It was the opposite direction to heading down to Virginia. So it was you know next next time though I will show up like. You, again, Matt knows this. I will, if I say it will I'm be unannounced. <laughs> if I if I say I'm showing up, like I will show up. By the way, so that Mexico's is fair because I option. 
I did invite Samaj down to Houston when he talked about coming down to Houston like 2019 or like the beginning of 2020. And then he showed up like late 2021. There was a pandemic in there. There was, there was, there was a crisis. There was a crisis. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there were some stuff going on. Yeah, a little bit, just a smidge. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to be here until the tourist visa is six months. Right. Um, and the goal is to kind of figure out, like, do we enjoy Mexico? Like, what is it actually like? Because I've been I've been told things, um, but I'm, I'm realizing that it's a bit more nuanced than that. Hey, welcome to my life. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of really positive things that are happening here. Um, it, there's a certain like level of life that I can be afforded here that I can't necessarily have for the same cost in the United States. Don't come um, back. <laughs> again like no, seriously don't do it like family's there so like i will be back but yeah. i think on this on this trip like we're gonna decide like do we want do we want to like look into residency for here just to have like other options i think it opens access to us as to like what we do mm-hmm. um but we're gonna we're gonna figure out like where we're going in terms of direction so right now where we are essentially i like when i'm looking at a map like we can either go out west and go more toward like Guadalajara, Puerto Vallarta, which is like beach town and major city, mm-hmm. or we can go really big city and head down to Mexico City. Yep. And that's kind of gonna lead us through the rest of Mexico. And we'll probably do both. Like well, at some point we'll probably like kind of head down into that direction. Um, we're trying to decide what border we're gonna be at at the end of the six months, because at that point we have to bring our car across the border as well. Mm. Um, so whether we go into Texas or we go into Belize, I mean, like, Belize, (laughs) I don't know, man, (laughs) like driving through Central America also might not be the best thing to do sometimes. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that it isn't the case sometimes. Um, my answer is still Belize. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to keep saying it. Yeah, we've looked, we've looked into like, well, what routes do you take? Like, where do people actually travel? Um, because there are people that travel around for work. Oh, right? for sure. For sure. And the people who live here are, are just as like cautious mm-hmm. as people who are like not from here. Yeah. Um, they about, also like, watch narcos, is what you're telling yeah. me. They also they've they've, they've lived it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you talk you talk to people up north, and I'm sure like Texas sounds like a third world place that is about to secede from the union yet again right like it's it's It'll it's what it it's, that that one is likely <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's kind of that's kind of like what we think of like outside of our own bubbles like you go into you go into certain other places and you're immediately like as a as a black man who is also american like there's a lot of black people that i talk to who assume like you go into chicago and you know you're going to get shot or you go into the South, like anywhere across the Mason Dixon line, and like you shouldn't be out past six. Like that's that's just not the truth, right? And while like there might be some incidences, like whether here or there of things happening, I think there's like a, you know, keep your wits about you. Like, you know, some people there's there's rules to this. Don't drive at night. But it's not because like at nighttime all of the, you know, the villains come out and they're out to get you. It's because you're unfamiliar with things. You don't really know where you're going. And it's very hard to keep your wits about you at, at night. There's less mm-hmm. people around to see if bad things happen. Um, the people who are out really late probably aren't out there to help you. At the same time, I left my marrow bones at a place where I was picking up some fruit at a market and the man chased me down 
like six blocks to give me back my marrow bones. Like he left his fruit stand unattended. Like, I mean, priorities, right? Like people, I think people here are, are very, are very friendly. And I think that there's a lot of really bad things, a lot of crappy things that do happen here. And I think it's like understanding like where you are and what you're doing. Again, like the big bringing us back to Chicago, there's a lot of safe, safe places in Chicago. A lot of people live there without ever seeing issues whatsoever. Um, but also that's not the reality of the state. That's not the reality of the city, you know? Yeah. But Texas really is a dystopian wasteland where everybody has guns. And we, do, we do want to make that clear though. Like that's actually true. There's Got it. Austin, As somebody who lives in Texas, I can confirm. Every, everybody else. Yes. Word, word. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to like, will they still be called Texas when they secede? Do they, do they call themselves something else? I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Change your name altogether. New identity. Mm-hmm. You know, new new phone. Who does? You know, that's that's where it's at. Um, but yeah, I mean, like things I found out here, like this is called the United States of Mexico. Like on their money, like everything is a state. Like you know, where we are currently is the state of Querétaro. It's it has the city of Querétaro. Um, Mexico City is massive. Like you, you have it's, Mexico it's City essentially is yeah it's one of the biggest cities in the world right like just square footage and population wise yeah for everything that they have like it is it is one of the places where like people will flock to in latin america um but yeah again like i i don't think i don't i think mexico gets a bad rap i think it definitely like has there there's this like this idea of what it is again we've watched narcos like we've we see the news like vice vice doesn't help either um and, and you would help. expect yeah the the funny thing is i've met some people who aren't american here obviously i'm in mexico um i've met some people who aren't american here and what a shocker <laughs> like, so there's a there's a couple we met that that uh shipped their car down from canada to texas and drove in from texas to Querétaro, and they they said like they were so nervous they drove they drove um, through portions of the states. They said they were so nervous about it because of everything they see on the news um, and because of everything that they've heard or like watched. And I mean, it's like, we, we live there, you know, we live there for most of our lives. Mm-hmm. And we would think that driving through, it's pretty safe. I, I, at least I guess, you know, like no one's like looking to be carjacked driving through South Dakota, I, I don't think. <laughs> um, but but that's not the perception in other places. That's definitely not how other people yeah. view it. Um, and I think it, you know, it proves a point that like, like we're, we're not gonna ever fully understand like, you know, these other places until we actually go see them for ourselves and experience them for ourselves. So. 100%, 100%, I like that. Um, we, are, we are coming up on time for sure. I know totally. I've got calls to get on. I'm sure you've got stuff to do. Um, where can everybody find you online? That's actually a really good question because geographically that is also almost it, always unknown. <laughs> it's like the, the where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but like for modern times. Totally. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're in Northern Mexico, like let's hang out, let's, let's grab a coffee. <laughs> um, let's, let's get a lift in, um, eat some tacos. If, um, if you're looking for me online, most of what you can find from what I put out is on Instagram. So um, at where you fit underscore. Um, I do have a website, samajhunter.com. It's in constant flux. 
Um, but if you do need to like directly get to me, like go to my Instagram. Um, if you'd like, if you'd like inquiries on coaching, the link in my bio is a great place to start. And I mean, you can just DM me. If you have questions, definitely feel free to ask. I'm always down to have a conversation. I'm a pretty open book. If you do have questions, whether it's about travel, fitness, or nutrition. I'm on the website right now and it is, it is very well designed. That took me so long. It is very well designed. It looks very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Don't, don't click any of the buttons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to do anything with it. Just enjoy what it looks like. It's basically just a poster. Yeah. Read, okay. read the text and then find me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you for taking the time to, to hop on with us. We always enjoy catching up and, and just getting more information on what you're doing and where you're at. Uh, I think is always interesting because you're one of the people that I know that actually does stuff that's different. Like I asked Matt what yeah. he does on a daily basis and it's like Call of Duty squats and a little bit of programming. Yep. It's, you know, and that's, that's seven days a week pretty much. Yep. So, uh, but we always appreciate it. And thank you. Dude, it's always a pleasure. You guys are absolutely some of the favorite people that I, that I talk to on a regular basis. Um, I'm pretty sure your names come up anytime I talk to someone else. So it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous that again, we haven't actually met in person. I know. Um, like, I mean, what are you, You're what are you doing, Kyle. For, the, what are you doing for the holidays? I'm, just, I'm actually going to be in Puerto Vallarta. When? For Christmas, from uh, December 25th to January 1st. I'm trying to be in Puerto Vallarta for Christmas. We'll see you there. I'm going to be in Florida. So I'll be wishing you, I'll see you across the the Gulf. Florida's fine. Thank you for tuning in to Compound Performance Radio. If you liked this episode, please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and drop us a review. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the internet. Definitely, man.